Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now welcome to super movie brothers let's start the show Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. And of course, thank you for uh, sticking around and joining us for part two of this episode. Me and Jay just had so much stuff to talk about this week to put it all in one episode. It was going to be a little bit too much for everybody. I didn't want to throw out a two-hour-long episode, so I decided just to break it up into two parts. So last, you know, last episode, you guys listened to, to what we were getting down to watch this week. You got your news and everything up there. But uh, this episode, me and Jay are going to be focusing on the movie homework that was assigned to us by our patron Dylan for Rock and Roll, the Guy Ritchie film from the mid-2000s. And then we also got a review for The Gentleman as well as our top five contemporary British directors. So let's get into our movie homework. And if you would like to send us movie homework, all you got to do is join the Patreon. So make sure that you head over to our Patreon page and you just pledge a dollar and you can get all the additional content that's available up there. Pledge more and you're able to do things like assign us movie homework. I have a brief movie homework. This came from our patron, Dylan. Uh, he found out that I didn't watch Rock and Rolla, which is a Guy Ritchie film that came out in the mid-2000s. Now, uh, I've been purposely waiting until The Gentleman's release to go back and watch Rock and Rolla since I'd never seen it. I figured sure. this episode would be the perfect time to jump into it and discuss it. People ask the question, what's a Rock and Rolla? And I'll tell them. We all like a bit of good life. Some the money or the fame, but a real rock and roller wants to know. Is this a robbery? Yes, it is a robbery. <laughs> Where's reverse? You have to lift up the knob under the gear stick. Got ya. Troubled rock star Johnny Quid is missing or soon dead. Oh, Johnny? If he's dead, that's the third time this year. I'm dead, Pete. Dead people don't like company. Your boy ain't dead, is he? Find it. We got your boy. You might want to hose him down. He smells like a rotten goat. You're a rock and roller. Rock and roller. Rock and roller. Rock and roller. Had you ever seen rock and roller? I have, uh, but it was a long time ago. Right. So, what were your thoughts on it then? Like, did you did you remember whether you it liked was, it? It or was not? just it was it was zany fun. It was okay. 
I didn't love it. I thought it was I thought it was it was a okay Guy Ritchie film. So that's exactly what I thought after I was done watching it. So for me, it it doesn't capture the same magic that things no. like Lock, Stock, Two Smoke and Barrels do, and Snatch did. Uh, and what I what I really realized was it was the characters. I didn't love any of the characters, and that's that's what really draws you in with Lock, Stock, and and with Snatch is you fall in love with these with these characters, these somewhat moronic villains sure. who somehow stumble into brilliance or stumble into their downfall and stuff like that. I, I love the villains, but with Rock and Rolla, I wasn't in love with Lenny, you know, the main villain. Uh, and I wasn't really in love with Mark Strong's character uh, in it as well, Archie. You know, in fact, we'll talk, we'll, we'll be getting into a review for The Gentleman next, but Archie's role in this film is very much the same as Charlie Hunnam's role as Raymond in The Gentleman. While watch, maybe watching it after The Gentleman is the reason why I maybe didn't like it so much, but you know, I, I still feel like as far as like the story goes, as far as the, it, it doesn't do enough to tie them all together. It doesn't do enough to to stand out in the same way that Snatch and, and, and Lockstock did. And, you know, I would think like with someone like Tom Wilkinson playing like the main bad guy, Lenny Cole, that like you would get something truly outstanding out of that performance. But I really didn't. Gerard Butler was very Gerard Butler about everything. Idris Elba was pretty fucking awesome in it. Look, he, but he, he, he look, was regulated. Guy Ritchie small. knows how to bring an ensemble cast together somehow. Right. But, but I, in again, this film, it, I didn't feel didn't, like he it, did. I didn't feel like he brought them together in any type of meaningful well, way. Well, he knows how to get them to a set. But <laughs> as far as translating something great on screen for us, it doesn't quite work. And I think it, I think it really comes down to... I don't. I'm, it's hard to say if it's script or directing. I, I really, not 100% I really sure think which. in this one it's script. I, I was, I didn't hate his style. I've never hated his style. I've never hated, I've never hated his, his eye that, that you know that he films things in. I, in fact, there's a few moments that I, I really enjoyed in this movie. There's a chase scene that happens with Tom Hardy, Idris Elba, and Gerard Butler, where they all split off and they're all being chased. One's being chased by the cops. One's being chased by a, mm-hmm. by by a, a, a Russian mobster, and the other one's being chased by. A different Russian mobster and stuff like that, and it's 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 fun, and it and it makes me feel like this was a sequence that was very much similar to his to his older films. But at the same time, it's it's fleeting, and and once it's over, you're back to the ho hum story that they're that they're selling you. And there's so many like quiet moments, and I I, I do want to say that like the jokes just don't punch. In the same way that they do in in his previous films, it just it is not it, it's just not as as well put together as his other films were. Now he was pretty far removed by the time this movie came out from his type of films. Like Snatch came out in two thousand, uh, and he didn't really get back to the crime comedy genre until Revolver in two thousand five, which was a massive failure. That was a terrible oh, yeah. movie. Yeah, we don't talk about that. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then Rock and Roll in 2008. But his marriage to Madonna, honestly, and I don't want to like think about his personal life too much, seemed to have like curb his creativity a little bit. He spent a lot of time making stuff for Madonna. Swept Away, which starred Madonna. Star, which was a short film about Madonna. Madonna, What I Feel Like for a Girl, which was a video short all about Madonna. He did a Nike no, commercial. he was inspired by his right. wife. And then even after Rock and Roll, he did Madonna Celebration of Video Collection, which came out in 2009. There's like, it's 
it's like his marriage to this one woman dominated his entire creative lens and yeah. his creative focus. And I think with Rock and Rolla, it was tough for him to get back into that frame of mind that he was when he was that single struggling, you know, director writing a script. And I feel like it, it didn't transfer from paper onto screen. And I don't know whether whether the performances were phoned in or not, but I just felt like with with Guy Ritchie, you fall in love with the characters because of the dialogue and the dialogue and the way that they're saying it and stuff like that and the way that it's coming out in this humorous way and the humorous situations they get put was, in. Do you think there was too many characters? I wonder that. As I well. think there might have been a little bit too many characters. Right. So you got to hone but in Snatch on had a like lot a of handful, char- maybe seven. Right. But Snatch had a lot of characters too. But I this, know, but this did have a lot of wheels spinning, all leaning to the same to the same end, uh, and. I really that's what I mean once it gets once it gets to the end and it's over I was just like like all right it was a relief that it was over I was I was happy it was over I got I was looking forward to doing the dishes when it was over that's a pretty (laughs) it's a pretty significant thing right now let's we're gonna get into a review for the gentleman so let's see if we still feel the same way about that but rock and roll I, I if I have to give it a grade because it's a movie homework I'm gonna give it like a C plus Honestly, that's it's, fair. It's that's fair. It, it's enjoyable enough to not be a failing grade, and it, there's echoes of Guy Ritchie's films from the past in there. It's just when it when it comes down to being on paper, it seems like maybe all the creative juices were going in between Madonna's thighs and not so much onto his paper and through the camera. <laughs> all right, Jay, let's get into our review for The Gentleman. There once was a young and foolish dragon who came to ask a wise and cunning lion about acquiring his territory. And the lion, he wasn't interested, so he told the little dragon to fight. But the dragon, he persisted. Oh, goody. He started a war. So the lion took the little dragon for a walk and put five bullets in his little dragon head. He's warming up now, isn't it? There's a message in there. Maybe you can explain it to me. The young succeed the old. Enjoy the show. It's gonna get messy. I forgot to wash my hands. There's only one rule in this jungle. When the lion's hungry, he eats. His name is Fahok. We're spelled with a PH, so it sounds like Fahok. Please! Come to Fahok. Please! All right, all right, all right. Brief synopsis for the gentleman. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lion of the drug trade industry, played by Matthew McConaughey. The marijuana drug trade exactly. industry, specifically. He, Sweet Mary Jane is my vice. He specifically makes a plan to corner the marijuana market in the UK. Mm-hmm. He's an American who has been transplanted there. And he goes about his business in methodical fashion. Well, he is a smart guy, right? True genius. He did go to Oxford University. He's a very smart lad. And where the film really takes off is when one of his secret storerooms has been raided by a group of online (laughs) YouTube (laughs) 
mixed martial artists. This slash must be rappers. a one, this must be a British thing. They're I, they're b boys, but they're also badass. But there's nobody uh, like that in America. It's got to be a London thing. I and, don't know. And of course, there is a bunch of intrigue because he is a man who's looking to get out of the trade, but he's also yes. looking to sell it. And at the same time, it's following all the criminal enterprises that are interested in the purchase of his marijuana farms and those that are seeking to basically discredit well, and disrepute him. Exactly. There's a lot of, including his wife, very hungry people around him besides his assistant, but where, um, but Ray, where, played by Charlie Hunnam. But where the film really starts is the private investigator, Fletcher, who has been hired by a, mm. a newspaper and, and multimedia producer, uh, you know, Big Dave, to basically... Played by Hugh Grant. Played by Hugh Grant. I want you to play a game with me, Ray. I don't want to play a game. Oh, please. No. I said play a game with me, Ray. Man. <laughs> His character was absolutely fantastic. Yes, he certainly was Hugh one, Grant, of, one of the shining stars. Hugh Grant was such a was such a um, star in this. I, I absolutely loved him. He was the character that I fell in love with, which is perfect because in this story, he's our narrator for-, for And Colin Farrell. And uh, him and Colin Farrell. I, I, I would say those two are my those, number two, my, my two favorite ones. So just sure. doing my, my movie homework on rock and roll where I said there was no standout character that I said I could fall in yep, love with. That's what I was waiting to get to with this movie. Yeah. I got one right off the bat where I'm like, I'm interested in Fletcher. First off, his name is Fletcher. Fletcher, so Fletch. Bend over. Ben, nice to meet you. Victor Hugo. It does remind me of Fletch from the from the Fletch yeah, films. I'm sure it is referred to that. Who knows? I'm, I'm sure it is. Charlie Hunnam, not a whole lot coming from him. It's typical Charlie Hunnam. He played a guy who was completely stonewalled the entire time, and he does that well. <laughs> you know, he, he does. does. He does. He does a brick wall real fucking well. He's but, dressed well. Grow. He grew a beard. But I was surprised that it's not until it's not until like middle of the second act where we get introduced to Colin Farrell. It's pretty deep into the movie mm-hmm. where he comes through, and his character comes in at just a moment where I felt like I'm getting pretty bored with this yes, story. Yes, yes, I'm yes. getting really bored with this, and he gets brought in, and I go, all right, I'm back on. Oh, back in. I liked him a lot. Immediately. Immediately. Because he, you can't even describe this character even. Like, you know, without even spoiling him. Because it's such a mixture of a good guy, bad guy, uh, heart of gold slash still in the gutter somehow in a little way. But like, you know, father figure, like all kinds of weird things. Funny as shit. Right, he's the coach of dresses like he's uh, the like coach of the kids, doofus of, of these of these internet yes. stars and stuff like that. Um, but he, he's teaching them fighting, but he's also taking them off the streets and giving them a code to live by. Mm-hmm. But he's not above petty crime, like right. But sure. he understands his place in the criminal world. I'm, I'm it's a, like the boxing guy in right, the wire. Right, he's like he's, <laughs> he's like I'm, to, I'm a petty fucking criminal. Yeah. He's trying to clean up the streets. What I do yeah. is completely under the radar of mm-hmm. of what Matthew McConaughey's character is doing, what the Chinese mafia is doing and yeah. and what Fletcher and him are doing and stuff like that he's he's completely he's so low on the criminal totem pole that he falls under Fletcher's radar and everybody else's and I love that but he gets brought into this bigger story and his character was a breath of fresh air right at the right time and they really save was. him for moments when he's not he's not a big character throughout the entire film either but they save him for moments where he's where his character's presence is needed but it's also believable when he shows up and he's there yes I love it and actually brought a lot of levity to it really did. to a lot of certain scenes that that were kind of shocking. Well. well, yeah, 
but still in a heightened kind of way. So what did like, you think of the narrative style of the movie where it's two people basically sitting around a barbecue or around someone's house um, having drinks and he's kind of explaining the story yes. as he sees it to to a guy who's very much involved with the story and knows everything that Fletcher knows, but Fletcher's trying to explain to him that he's pieced it all together. It, it, I, I didn't like it until halfway until oh, really? I completely got I submissive. I, I, got, I, got, I got submissive over it. There's moments like, okay, where he's showing Jay, him the video. you and- need to understand this is the movie. <laughs> yeah. Go with it. I like it. Because, Just go with it. Because it adds elements to the film where it's like, if that seems too fantastical, Fletcher's a pretty fantastical character and he can make, if there's a hole, he'll fill it and he'll fill it with a fantastical story. And he is, he is poking at, at Raymond to see like, am I right or wrong? Like, you know, oh, he yeah, wants sure. to see a reaction from sure. Raymond about some of his speculations. Oh, he's a stuff. pro. No, no doubt. No but doubt. I do love the stuff like Mossad crabs. <laughs> They do like the drawing, and it's like these are the Musad crabs. Um, there's a few things where like the film breaks at some point. You know what I'm talking about? And they show like a projector, and so I was like, I wasn't crazy about that stylistic choice. There, there were directing styles that I was not a huge fan of. I thought it was a little too stylized. Yeah, a little. Um, yeah, very much so. Going into the movie, I was really mostly concerned about but Matthew I will McConaughey. Say, I will say you have to get a Matthew McConaughey a little. If bit you more, go, if you go back to a lot of Guy Ritchie's earlier films they are very stylistic oh and, I know that I and know that. that late that early 2000s late 90s style is kind of what brought him on the map so if he's trying to recapture some of that magic he's going to do some things that are going to be pretty off the wall visually for sure. for, for telling his sure. story and I didn't I didn't mind him I didn't love him either but yeah Matthew McConaughey man the king oh brilliant so that was my biggest concern going into this movie uh, he was fine, I would say, throughout. He was solid, I guess, but definitely raised it to another degree towards the end of the movie. He did. He finally brought some more gravitas and 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 and, and elevated his dramatic. Well, there's a reason tone for that because that the, was lacking throughout the whole movie and brought it to the level that it needed to well, be. Well, he never needed to emote because he was the king at the top, right? Like the, the entire he time. was just going with the flow. He was going with the flow of yeah. everything, and but but by and the time just, it gets I just to felt the, like it was a little too bit too much Matthew McConaughey. It was a lot lot of right? McConaughey-isms throughout he this. Just, he sounded, he looked too much like Matthew. But by the time they get towards the end, that facade that he's built up over years, which they kind of tell you in the beginning of the story, it, it's it's crumbling because people are now getting to him. Uh, because, that's, what, that's what I liked. Because he's trying to get out of the game, people now are smelling weakness on him. They're, you know, sharks smelling blood in the water, and they start circling. And yeah. And and I don't want to say whether he comes out on top and stuff like that, but his fight to stay on top throughout the film each time brings him to new heights. But there's also moments and where fuck, Fletcher, where Fletcher, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> that's in the trailers. Yeah, the the, the Chinese the, the, the Chinaman who's in the, who's in the trunk, and he, he's like his name is his name is Fahuk, but you know properly you would say it Fahuk. <laughs> You're just like what? It's like all right, Fahuk, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> That, that, that oh stuff was good. <laughs> that, that kind of shit. I it's a re- love. It's a recycled joke, though. Cause, oh, I don't cause, care. Cause that, I don't care. Because that it was works. In, uh, and with Colin Farrell doing it, fuck yeah. That was a joke that was in Superbad, though. Where he's like, he arrested a man lady who was legally named Fuck. I think he was Vietnamese. was with a PH, yeah. but it's still pretty shocking to see on a license. Yeah. I still love it. I still <laughs> love it. I don't care. I love it. Uh, yeah, I. so I, I did. The humor was far better in this than it was in something like Rock and Roll. It was much more akin to something that was in Snatch and Lockstock and stuff like that. But at the same time, 
I I wasn't in love with this story. You know, I like the way the story is being delivered to me. I like the characters who are in it for the most part, but I the, the story itself seemed seemed pretty ho hum. I you know I expected something, I expected something a little bit more. Like I expected like a MacGuffin, right? Um, because like lock, stock, two circuit barrels. There's a MacGuffin. Snatch. There's a MacGuffin. And I know I shouldn't be comparing his current film to his older films, but at the same time, without something like that to tie all these characters together, then you're using using your narrator of Fletcher to tie them all together. And in the end, like I, I did get bored with this movie towards, towards the end. I mean, even the way, even the resolution to the movie, I wasn't completely sold on, you know, I, I don't want to say what the resolution was. I don't want to spoil for anybody. So we're doing a spoiler free review here, but in the end, like the, the way, the way everything turns out, I was just like, so predictable. So, so on the nose. So, uh, you know, it, what it is, it didn't is give me it's anything. once again, another forget Right. Guy Ritchie film, it, it, right? It why because it because it's, it's not third, bad because it's, not it's good. third act ends it's fine. on such a weak. There's on, some enjoyment to be had in it, right? But ultimately, there's a lot of um, ho hum moments, and ultimately, and, it's such a heightened reality where you can't get invested right. in the movie, and it's not that well produced where it's not going to hold up in a fun manner either so it now you once again he's 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 writing himself into a trap i loved the characters a lot more lately and all the characters towards the end really had not a whole lot to to do no. um and I, I you know towards the end i was just like wow like there's a few moments of fun and levity. There's things that cracked me up. There's things that I loved about it but there's also this entire story where i'm just like you know I, I felt like I was trying to play catch up the entire time. And by the time I'm there with the story, I've already figured it out. And by the way they end it, I just go, was like, was any of this even necessary? <laughs> like was, was, was any character majorly changed because of the events of this film? And no, it, it was, he's writing a manipulative type things within the script right because you have an unreliable narrator to begin with and that's fine that's fine if that's the story you're telling and and they do play on that trope uh, several times throughout the film that that fletcher is an unreliable narrator um and there's a few there's there's a few standout moments there's a few standout characters a few standout things in the film that make you go you know i do look forward to what guy Ritchie can do with this genre back because this is his genre right aladdin's not his genre you know no not at all sherlock Home, that, but Sherlock Holmes was okay the first one but the sure. second one was pretty some much some people God-awful. actually like the second one better than the first one I've heard a couple times whatever whatever it, this is his genre this is where he shines and I think he needs to continue sharpening this tool that he has for and for it's creating. also his own genre like his own style it is it's kind of like his Tim Burton-ness Right? It's like... It is. He has a certain kind of flair. And I'll always go out and I will support these films because I want them them to Because you know how good it can be. I know how good it can be. I saw his first two films. I know how good they can be. Between the title and the cast and the kind of premise that you saw, like, okay, this could be fucking something special. Absolutely. And it just didn't... All right, Jay, let's give it a score. What what do you you got for it? To be honest, I didn't even grade it or think about it yet, but I'm going to give it a B minus. That's where I'm at. B minus. Yeah. B minus. I I did still enjoy it. Um, There was a lot of fun to be had. There's a lot of disappointing things to be had. And ultimately, you walk away like, oh, all right. That was all right. That was that was okay. Yep. And the entire synopsis and of the film is you expect a head in the freezer to to mean a whole lot more, and it winds up doing it in at the zero hour. And it's like it feels unearned 
at the zero hour for that head in the freezer to, to meet. Because you're just ready for it to be done. You're just ready for it to be done. All right, Jay. So that's it, man. So because of the gentleman, you and I want to do our top five contemporary British directors. Oh, yeah. Which is different. So we don't always, we talk about films a lot. We we've, don't always do we've, directors. We've talked about this and. You know, in yeah, we production a few times Contemporary now, British movies and stuff. But, and not, so but not even just that, but like getting into directors a little bit more and yeah. talking about directors themselves because obviously they've done more than one movie. Yeah. <laughs> Normally. So there's more things to talk about. It's not just one movie that we're talking about. It's a director exactly. featured and we're talking about all the we're variety about body of things, of work. the filmography exactly. of them. And that's really interesting to get well, into. Well, let's head over there and let's find out if Guy Ritchie makes either of our lists. Jay, our top five contemporary British directors. British directors who are all working right now with films coming out probably in the next few years, currently in production with films, you know, contemporary, current. So let's get started with you, man. Who is your number five? I'm going to go with Edgar Wright. Oh, all right. Doc, I mean, is he uh, retarded? Retarded means slow. Was he slow? No. Then you don't sound the retarded to me. He's a good kid and devil behind the wheel. What the hell else more do you need to know? I think this is a little low, but but let's hear it. Why Edgar Wright? Well, and why, mean, and why number five? Uh, there's other ones that I think are more renowned, and I I think just have a better filmography, and I and I I, I enjoy their their works more. Um, I feel like your stand. To be honest, he was actually close to being on honorable mention. Wow. So, yeah. so I feel like your stand. And you guys know, I, I mean, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. But at the yeah, same well, time, on on your on your top five coming out in 2020 was last night it, in Soho. Exactly. So that's an Edgar exactly. Wright film. So. And, and Baby Driver was one of my favorite films uh, when that came is that out. is that your standout Edgar Wright film, Baby Driver. Is that your number one? Um, because that's what I want to do. I want to talk about our favorite film that they've done. Okay, yeah. I, I so what I did with my list is I wrote out five um, varied movies of their filmography. Fair enough. And just to, just to rattle off, not to like dive into per se, like we could if we wanted to, but I just threw them out there. I'm going to rattle them off really quick, and if we if you want to d- get into whatever I say, nah, I don't want to. You get can. It. I'm just saying. Forget. But um. But no, I mean, obviously, you know, he doesn't have too many movies under his belt. Like he's got a little, little, little mini series episodes. He's got, episodes like, he's here got and six there. or seven like films under his belt, man. He's got he's got space the television series. He's got Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, The World's End. He's right. got Scott Pilgrim versus the World. He has Baby Driver. Right. Uh, he's got Last Night in Soho, which is coming out. I know. He, I know. He's he's got a lot of things in development. Um, Baby Driver is, obviously is my favorite one. I figured and. But to me, ultimately, is this guy is one of the freshest, fun filmmakers who has not delivered a bad piece of cinema yet. That's true. And that's where I get excited about. So this is why he's on my number five, because of the future. Because I think he is going to deliver a lot of special things going forward that is going to be very original, very fresh. And again, it's really exciting because he is so young. So kudos to him. All right, fair enough, Jay. My number five. Pour yourself a glass of scotch. Light up your cigar. Because <laughs> it's Ridley fucking Scott. <laughs> what was your special order? You read it. I thought it was clear. What was it? Bring back life form. Priority one. All other priorities rescinded. 
damn company. What about our lives, you son of a bitch? I repeat, all other priorities are ascended. I, I still got another alien film coming out. You haven't seen nothing yet. He's on my list. <laughs> He's on your list. Uh, the reason that he has fallen to number five and isn't uh, isn't higher up on the list is because I feel like his filmography has dipped quite a bit as it's gone on. You know, like when I think about his earlier stuff, like Alien, one of my favorite films of all time. Blade Runner, another one of my favorite films of all time. Black Rain, uh, a really good, intriguing dark crime thriller in in 1989 Thelma Louise a fantastic film but as we go on we start getting to things like G.I. Jane I wasn't a big fan of obviously Gladiator was the big hit that it was sure uh, you know it, in, in the early 2000s it really reestablishes reestablishes career, career yeah. but then he follows that up with Hannibal and I love Black Hawk Down but it's not a film for everybody it's so kinetic and the, the shaky cam you gotta got away from him Mat- Matchstick Men which is a solid movie you know, Kingdom like Kingdom of Heaven was a film that he underappreciated. Wanted. Kingdom of Heaven was a film that was like in development for years and went through development hell. And like it was supposed to be like a two parter, it got sandwiched into like one film. It was it wound up becoming a mess on the editing room floor. And as I as I continue down his filmography, we get to the modern age and we get things like Prometheus and The Counselor and Exodus, Gods and Kings. And it's only when we get to the Martian that things start to pick up again. But then we he follows everything up with Alien Covenant and all the money in the world, and I feel like all those are all the money in the world. I heard was pretty good. I just haven't seen it yet. I've been trying. <sighs> I was to not see a fan. It. I was not a fan. Really, I, I wasn't. I, no. I don't remember hear, hearing you talk about it, but I was trying to see that movie for the longest time, and I never got around to it, and I can't find it anywhere. That being said, Ridley Scott makes my list for who he was and not necessarily who he is now. Understandable. I'll get into it when I get to it. And that's and but I still because he is the great filmmaker that brought me Alien and Blade Runner and Gladiator and all these great films and The Martian, you know, which isn't too far removed from. I feel like there's always a chance, right? Like I feel like there's always a chance that he's going to do something that is fantastic, something that stands out in the film world but let's face it man it's it's ridley scott and i feel like at sometimes his ego gets in the way i do look forward to to another alien film from him and i i want it to be good but looking now i mean what do we got coming up we got there a remake of the last duel we got gladiator 2 and we got an untitled alien prequel in his filmography and it's like he's dipping back into his well and i don't know whether that's worth it or not for him whether you know i don't i don't know i don't i would like to see another alien prequel to 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 finish that series out but i want it to be good <laughs> his past two outings with it have not been good and i'm sorry ridley scott but you know the clout that you held in hollywood all right all right david we'll wait it faded when disney bought fox true that is very true if disney never bought Disney's fox, not gonna i would be on top of the well my alien prequel series will be finished and i would be fast into gladiator 2 electric boogaloo <laughs> he needs to pony up with another studio or he needs to be like true. quentin tarantino and write something fucking great and shop around studios true all right, Jay, what is your number four? My number four, Danny Boyle. Heroin makes you constipated. The heroin from my last hit is fading away and the suppositories have yet to melt. Oh. I'm no longer constipated. All right, man. So with 30 credits to his name and Tons of many interesting projects, 
he's always a surprise. So, you know, obviously, Transpotting, 28 Days Later, Sunshine, uh, Slumdog Millionaire, 127 Hours, just to name a couple. I mean, And it's varied, he, right? Like, his, he, his filmography that, is varied. He started out that very is one much, of the great things about him. Yeah. He started out very much in 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 the smaller realm with more personal stories like train spotting sure. stuff, but he very quickly moves into a horror sci-fi genre and stuff like that. You know, yeah, everything from the you know the beach to you know, I mean, I you know, sunshine. I really adore. I mean, the final act is uh, a little sketchy sometimes, but fuck you, I love sunshine. No, I love it up into that last little 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 10 minute thing but uh but like steve jobs i've been actually waiting to see i'm going to see steve jobs probably by the time we record next time uh i've been meaning to see that for a long time see how fast better does with uh playing him but like again there's always a little bit of excitement going into a feature of his you, you know the cousins you don't know what he's going to do right. but you know he's going to bring it and he's a director. whatever it might be yeah Deliver or not, I don't know. Like yesterday just came out. I heard good things about it. I liked it. I liked it a lot. So but I'm, I I'm wasn't excited. in love with it, but I liked it a right. lot. Right. So like, you know, there, he he goes for broke. He's an interesting guy. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. He's on my list, but we'll get to him later on. Jay, my number four, Alex Garland. I told you you're wasting your time talking to her. However, you would not be wasting your time if you were dancing with her. Speaking of Sunshine, he was the writer of Sunshine. Very nice. And as Very far nice. as features go, he doesn't have many, which is why he's he's further down on the list for me. Mm-hmm. But anything he touches, I'm immediately interested in. Because when it comes to director credits, he, he doesn't have a whole lot. Like he's obviously done Ex Machina and he did Annihilation, but those are two of my favorite films. And he has a mini series coming out called Devs, which will be coming out in 20. 20 that I'm extremely interested in but as far as his directing credits that's it however I did learn that he pretty much directed Dread in 2012 um, he kind of took over that entire production he was just, he was the writer for which it, you and I both love which I absolutely love that movie uh, he was the writer for he was a writer on 28 days later he was a writer on sunshine so like he's he's been around writing for for some time and a lot of people also say that he he kind of had a hand in directing 28 days later along with danny boyle along with ushering that story and and the style that danny boyle used in both 28 days later and sunshine a lot of that comes from alex garland so i'm i i like him and I put him here for the potential that is going to be coming out of him. Cause when I look at, at the two films he's directed already, Annihilation and Ex Magina, I gotta say, man, I'm, I'm in love with both of those films. And I think anything he does forward is going to be amazing. So that's why he's, he's, here. he's certainly an honorable mention. Um, so my number three is Ridley Scott. He's saying you're under arrest, Mr. Decker. Got the wrong guy, pal. Lo-fi, negotiable, divide your plate, he say you're greater enough. 
Palomar meeting. All right. So with a long 53 credits to his name. A massive. Uh, he's certainly a, one of the wildest Several standouts, there. a lot of middling. Certainly one of the wild, the, And some true stinkers. In yeah, by, by far the wildest uh, director on my list, I would say. And, and it certainly has many classics along with many duds. You know, Blade Runner, Alien, Gladiator, American Gangster. Uh, but over I a career that long, it's expected Martian. for there to be duds. Of course. Right? Because of course. someone like Spielberg as well. Same thing. A, a lot of duds in there as well. No, so, absolutely. I mean, and there's, and you know, I don't want to harp he, on the guy too much because uh, he, I'm really not. I mean, he's number three on my all time list. I mean, come on. So it's, it's <laughs> that the fact like Thelma and Louise, like he, you know, he's done so many varied things that were classics. And I understand he's an older guy. It's you know, true. He's, he, you know, he was he, never he one into things. He was never pigeonholed to a where genre, maybe he doesn't sure. have as much power as he used to. And that's why some of these movies later. Uh, um, currently, later in his life, he's 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 unable to fulfill the kind of product that he used to deliver to us. It could not, maybe not be his fault. Perhaps, absolutely, who knows? But like, it's one of those things where, like, I still, again, get very excited when he comes out with the film, and and you know, there's endless possibilities. I just want him to do one more Alien, and I, and I don't mean like even that movie. I want him to put. I want him uh, to come out with something where he has that level of passion, with that where he has that he, level. He, he of certainly focus has and control over the production. Well, he certainly has plenty of things in, in the pipeline. We'll see when Gladiator Two <laughs> as, comes as out, as always. But uh, I might we'll, even we'll, knock him off my list when Gladiator <laughs> Two comes out for sure. We'll see what happens. All right, Jay, my number three, Danny Boyle. Twenty-three hours ago, while making a routine check on the comm systems. While listening to your space music? While scanning the frequencies, I heard a transmission. It appeared as we flew into the dark side of Mercury, the iron content of the planet is acting as an antenna. There's still high background interference, but the signal is clear enough. Icarus, please play audio file 75 forward slash B. Yes, Harvey. <laughs> What is it? It's the Icarus One. That signal is their distress beacon. Jesus. Director who you just talked about. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to get into it too much, but obviously standout films for me are 28 Days Later and Sunshine. I do love the varied nature of him. I think that he is both able to do a wide variety of things. Dark comedy. uh, He's able to do drama. He's able to do horror sci-fi i mean like the the dude has a wide variety under his belt but i've never hated any of his movies with the exception of train spotting 2 so that's what it comes down to i don't like train spotting 2 it wasn't good it was it, terrible yeah it was it terrible was very disappointing it, it, it don't go back to your well i mean that's that's what it comes down to i i, I think these directors you know that were talking, like ridley scott and danny boyle guys who have been around for a long time and have a huge filmography do their best work when they are not returning to a well that they've been down before so all right jay that was my number three who is your number two man christopher nolan oh wow yes so if 15 credits to his I know who your number one is now. Mm. They say we only use a fraction of our brain's true potential. Now, that's when we're awake. When we're asleep, our mind can do almost anything. Such as? 
So imagine you're designing a building, right? You consciously create each aspect. But sometimes it feels like it's almost creating itself, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah like I'm discovering it. Genuine inspiration, right? Mm -hmm. Now in a dream, our mind continuously does this. We create and perceive our world simultaneously. And our mind does this so well that we don't even know what's happening. That allows us to get right in the middle of that process. And jumping onto the scene with such a strong vision and unique storytelling, um, he is certainly, again, an event filmmaker who delivers a lot of interesting original products uh, to us. Memento, obviously, um, you're not a big fan of. I am. Uh, I was the not. Batman trilogy and Inception. The Prestige, which I think more people need to rediscover. I love and, The Prestige. Uh, Interstellar, obviously. I mean, there's 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 so many good things out there. And again, one of those things where he doesn't make a bad movie. You know? He doesn't. Like, you know, there, are, there has been some movies that are just okay or, or solid, if you want to call it but that. But I will say this but, about him before we go on, because he is on my list too. But... Um, he is he does very much feel like a one note director doesn't he like you can very much watch a movie and go like that is a christopher this Nolan is film. why he's not my number one yeah. he's my number two because i could look at that i'm like, actually wondering if you actually do know who my number one is i'm i do i'm pretty right. sure but i look at him and i go like oh that is that, that is very much christopher nolan film they all feel very one note and stuff like that but it's a note that works because it work. he tells a very a specific tone. type of story yeah. right yeah right yeah. like but you know when i watch interstellar it's it's a sci-fi drama but it it stylistically it feels very much the same as like dark knight does and 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 dark knight rises but at the same time, you know, he it's telling completely different stories and the and his involvement with the story is what really draws you in, right? Like it's because it's because he's so he's so invested in the story that he's trying to tell that it, it becomes it becomes more than than just than just his cinematography and and ju and just, you know, it's it becomes sure. more than just that. It becomes more than just what's on the camera. Like it's it's very much story oriented mm -hmm. and uh he worries about story first over over style but he, does. he, he very does. much has a stylistic choice as well but jay my number two it's edgar right it was your number five you should meet late at night i don't know quite like a little midnight gobble <laughs> cocks I mean, he's. I, I honestly think when I think about like fresh directors and stuff like that, even though he's been around for some time, the movies he makes always wind up being something that is so fresh and something that like I. I just, I can't wait to digest because it's something so different than what anyone else is doing that it, it to me, it, it stands above a lot of other things. It's why it was what draw me into him earlier when I saw Shaun of the Dead because I was like, who is this guy who's making this? It's what made me go back and watch the space TV show and and fall in love with that. It's what made me go to the theaters and see Hot Fuzz when that came out and World's End and you know it's what it's what made me want to see Scott Pilgrim. It was his name attached to it. It's why mm -hmm. I want to see Last Night in Soho yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. it's I his name attached to it. And I go, he's whatever he's doing, whatever genre he's playing with, he's gonna bring something different to it. And he has such a is such a comedic take on everything that like it, it's it speaks to me as a person and my sentimentalities more so than a lot of the other directors on my list so rj honorable mentions man let's let's get through them who do you got on your honorable mentions list here uh steven frears so okay. you know this guy has done 67 movies you know he's extremely well respected and regarded in the uk 
um, between TV movies and you know shows and and obviously movies, uh, dangerous liaisons, for example, uh, High Fidelity, which we recently talked about, love uh, the Queen, Tamara Drew, that I kind of actually really like. It's a okay. quirky little uh, romantic comedy and um, an underappreciated the program, a Lance Armstrong movie that was really not seen at all. <laughs> Uh, well, well portrayed by Ben Foster. All right. So, um, oh, and and and, and um, also Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen. He's I, on my honorable I, mentions. I, I definitely twelve think years that a slave. He's, he's a very, very up and coming, promising young director. Uh, yes, twelve years a slave. Hunger, shame. shame. I love shame. Absolutely. You got me to watch that yeah. movie. Yeah, because of because of Dick Cox. Yeah. <laughs> because <they're, laughs> that big dick energy yeah because <laughs> because it's got fast bending dick in it um so uh, I, i'll leave that off my honorable mention since it was on yours but mine sam mendez uh obviously 1917 specter skyfall revolutionary road jarhead road to perdition american beauty it's tough to throw a to, to to say any one of those is a bad film they're all absolutely fantastic and uh i just mentioned jay's number one by the way because i was right Terry Gillum, uh, a guy who is style over substance, I think a lot of the time. But he is—he is a fantastic director. He's clearly an artor for sure. Yes, um, there is. Yeah. And you see what happens when you try to pigeonhole him to a studio film. When you see something like The Brothers Grimm, and you're like, yeah, he doesn't fit with that. He has to just do his own thing. Uh, and then finally, my honorable mention is my last honorable mention is Guy Ritchie. Man, because like he he has the potential and i'm happy you put him on i love his earlier yeah. films and i i want to love his newer films and i feel like the gentleman is a step in the right direction yeah and and he'll get there again i someday. couldn't i couldn't i i'm happy you put him on i i didn't i couldn't quite put him on all right jay you're <laughs> number you're mentions. number one sam mendez i knew it, it. it is i knew it, it a while ago it is and it might be a little bit controversial but it is just look at you barely held together by your pills and your drink don't forget my pathetic love of country <laughs> I don't Sam, think it's controversial. I, I, well, this is again just like a Nolan thing where he has not produced a bad movie to me. No. 1999, he kind of hit the screen. He kind of hit the scene with American Beauty. He had a cabaret before that, but he had the scene with American Beauty, which won best film that year. Um, and it was so stylistic, but it was so, it was, it was such a well written film and it was so well acted. So different. And yeah. It was, it was, but it, it was different because of the style that I like. I think mm-hmm. of that moment where Mia Serena like opens her shirt and the, like, the flower where petals all start yeah, coming out and stuff yeah. and i was like that that's weird like it's 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 weird it's surreal it was, it but was it new also to the whole computer imagery right. like but used in a very somber and right. bleak meta, it, meta, uh, meditative type drama all of a sudden there was right but it feels right because just, again yeah. like we were talking about with it's the guy fantasy, Ritchie film yeah. it, it is a fantasy our 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 narrator is lester burnan who is this guy who is who is at his wits end and he's just completely drained of of anything that that he doesn't want to live in reality anymore. He wants to live a fantasy. Sure. So when you see these dream sequences and stuff like that, it completely makes sense. And yeah, I mean, Sam Mendes, he's, so I'm going to go really, really, really quickly through all these movies. And there's only eight of them. You know, the, I mean, he's has a, a extremely small filmography, but he also is one of those guys that, um, besides Spectre, the second Bond movie after Skyfall, which is an okay, movie. which is an okay movie, all have been fantastic to me, like a caliber films, and number one, unique, all very different and varied, and that was one of the things that stood over 
Nolan for me because the variety and the uniqueness with between them all between American Beauty like I said no one jumping from American Beauty to something like Rope to Perdition like that is a special film that is underappreciated as well and then bounce into Jarhead which is I was recently on my list that I I really appreciate yeah, as, as a sweat. different spin on a war movie. It was, and then going to a period piece with an actor toward the force of Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet right. going to to blows. Revolutionary Road um, is probably one of my favorite films heavy. on his filmography. Is it? I don't remember ever talking about that oh, with I've you before, that but like that's yeah, that's a heavy film. And you know, Away We Go is a, is a quirky little interesting film with you know John Krasinski and and and, and Maya Rudolph, and you know it's something that um, it it just changes gears for him and something special with 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 me now. Skyfall is obviously one of the better, um, if not the best. Daniel Craig, James Bond movie that he's produced. I think, I think I it's, personally I, prefer Casino Royale more. I think it's more. tied with Casino Royale. Yeah, it's, I, like I go back and forth, to be honest. And obviously, 1917, we just talked about. We love I think that that's movie. his standout on his filmography. And for sure. he's got nothing going on in the pipeline. So oh, yeah. I'm excited for the future. Whatever he does, I'm sure it's going to be really, again, different, unique, and special, and I am happy to have him as my number one. My number one, it's cliched. He is basically the Tom Brady of British directors. It's Christopher Nolan. We've got years of messages stored. Messages span 23 years. I play from the beginning. Never made one of these, man. You were still responding because I was so mad at you for leaving. And then when you went quiet, it seemed like I should live with that decision, and I have. But today's my birthday. And it's a special one because you told me. You once told me that when you came back, we might be the same age. And today, I'm the age you were when you left. <laughs> this might be a real good time for you to come back. I mean, I, I haven't saw a movie of his that I didn't like, with the exception of Memento, and I've talked about that before. I feel like <clears> if <throat> I saw that movie on my sure. own and I didn't have the world telling me what a fantastic fucking movie it was, I probably would have liked it more. I would have went in with tempered expectations. So I do enjoy that movie, but I don't love it the same way other people do. But everything else that he's ever done, I I absolutely love. I, I think I find something in them that is akin to the same type of things that I see in Alex Garland and stuff like that, where there's there's yeah. intrigue. Uh, it's I love the style of it. I love... I love the way everything's presented to me, but I also like the scope, like just the way he just, just the way he scope is a good word scope. Like it's such a, he's not afraid. He has that. He's not afraid to other guy that we've talked about. Right. And like, he's not afraid to like draw out and then bring you in. Right. He's not afraid to like to, to show you things from afar and then take you in deeper along with him and stuff like that. And I love the use of the IMAX cameras and stuff like that to the point where it's like, I don't ever want to see any of his films unless it's in a large screen format. Like where, because I feel like 
that's how it was intended for me to see it. I'm very much looking forward to Tenet, and I don't know whether people agree with me on this. I know some people don't, but my favorite film of him is Interstellar. I fucking love Interstellar. I understand that like the last 20 minutes, it kind of falls apart and stuff like that, but it makes sense in the story that he was trying to tell, and I enjoy mm-hmm. that because mm-hmm. who cares what's in the middle of that black hole, right? As long as it gets us back to as long as it gets us back to to well, where we need to be for the story, and uh, it could be anything. It's 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 such <laughs> that's the cool thing about it. It's such believable emotional moments, and I think that's what he does well. Is and it, and it all ties together, right? While he's telling a story about this massive scope and and like everything that's going on around him, he never loses sight of the personal story that's being told mm-hmm. within the scope, and that's something that which I, is critical. I think, I think very few people can do right. Like it's 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 very hard to tell a story that's that, well, that's a spectacle, hence, but hence also he's bring able it in. to write his own epic blockbusters, right, which exactly. is also extremely rare and does not happen but i think of something like dunkirk where it relies heavily on that scope and scale and like just seeing that was almost like an experimental it very much was because there's almost the character moments come in in brief dialogue lines that aren't so much aren't so much diving deep into the character you're only living through moments of these people's lives but it works because he does take you from this from the sky with these giant dog with this with this dog fight down to the beach with these small moments of survival and stuff and like i i i I love the shot where it's just from above and all the civilian ships are going across the ocean and stuff like that and it's just just that scale of scope man it's just i fucking love it and i watched dunkirk recently after watching 1917 and that's that's what put him here and kept and kept others out from number one. I'm going to revisit Interstellar uh, pretty soon. It's so I'm, good. I'm, I'm due for a revisit. Last time I watched it, it was in the theater with stereo headphones Yeah, and stuff I don't blame like that. you. I, I need to revisit I know that. people make fun of that Matthew McConaughey scene where he sees his, where he sees his daughter. How the fuck? You know, a I, lot I, of I, people like, because I think because the tears uh, are so over the top and stuff like I that. I know, but it's so fucking warranted. It, if, are you kidding me? Think about that. Put yourself in that kind of perspective. Imagine watching your daughter grow 17 years and, and, and you've and to you it's been several days or weeks yes. or, and stuff like that and it's and that, it would that, kill me and, it would and, kill and, me and, as a father and, of a daughter it would yes. kill me yes and then and they're and like for example his son but I'll say this I didn't have dismissing a, him I didn't yeah. have a daughter the first time I saw it and I didn't feel the same way but after having a daughter and seeing that thing I went oh my god that's killer that kills me I uh, see it. okay I love it Jay you you keep building up all these movies we got to watch in the theater so uh, we're gonna have to start doing some Patreon episodes where you and I. Spend uh, a, a couple days in the it's theater. It's been a long time since watching I've seen, movies. Uh, actually, since 2001, The Shining, since I've seen a movie in yeah, the theater but here. We, but we talked in about. Our studio. We did talk about last time uh, when we reviewed 1917, watching a- Apocalypse Now on the theater, watching Dunkirk on the theater, and then watching Interstellar. So let's 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 book it. Let's schedule a mandate. Let's book it. Let's schedule a mandate and put out a Patreon episode after we watch this stuff. And if you want to check I'm out. free tomorrow night, Dave. If you want to check out our thoughts on our Patreon. <laughs> Patreon episodes, head over to patreon.com slash supermovie bros. <laughs> you reminded me of the Daffy Duck cartoon where he puts the 
where he puts the dentures in his mouth and he tries to act like the monster. <laughs> anyway, so uh, it's patreon.com slash supermoviebros podcast to go over there, pledge one dollar and you can get all the additional episodes that are up there. If you pledge more, then you'll get to pick anything from the loot chest that we have lying around here in the studio. I'll be briefly putting up a video of the studio and all the stuff that's available for everybody. I'll put it up on Instagram and, and we'll go over what you guys can uh, get if you pledge higher than the one dollar tier to the five dollar tier if you enjoyed super movie brothers tonight please consider leaving us a five-star review of the podcatcher of your choice that's the that's the way we get found that's the way we get seen that's what helps us that's what helps other people know that we are worth the download click from them if you are interested in our social media and what what we publish up there currently right now we are going to be putting up the poll for our next movie cocktail so that is going to be movie mad scientists so you can vote on which film you would like us to make an original cocktail for and discuss it's between back to the future eternal sunshine of the spotless mind and reanimator those will all go up very shortly after this episode is released so you can check out our twitter at super movie pod for that poll you can also follow jay on instagram super movie bros podcast on there just super movie bros just on super instagram bros. Super actually, movie bros I'm sorry. podcast on we Facebook. should we should say this because a few people have brought this to my attention on instagram it is super super underscore movie underscore bros so i feel like you can search for both you did spaces and you can but you did spaces so it's technically underscores i know but that's the thing it's just like i was just going to mention twitter i started a new twitter handle i saw it yeah so again it's like at j underscore smb or smbj is my name i I don't know i'm not exactly sure how these things work anymore there's like two fucking names I (laughs) i don't get it i don't get it um so anyway so I just I wanted to start a new page for me to be a little bit more vocal, a little bit more um, involved, where I didn't feel like I was. It was like a personal page. It was Super Movie Bro J page, you know, where it's just dumping all of my movie, you know, reactions or anything related to like that kind of right. stuff. Where like I just feel like I don't have to have any kind of handcuffs on me. I'm just gonna talk. Just going to vent. Just going to have some reactions. And uh, yeah. Fair enough. And uh, finally, I was on another podcast this week. I was on So I Married a Movie Geek at Movie Geek Cast on Twitter. I was on there to do the 2005 Fantasy Movie Draft. So it's a tournament. It is from the year 2000 to 2009 Fantasy Movie Draft. If I win the poll, I move on to the semifinals. Uh, But looking at the list when I was done drafting, I'm not going to win. (laughs) But that's okay. Make sure you check out the episode. (laughs) That comes from a great friend, Justin, over at So I Married a Movie Geek. So make sure you check that out. I couldn't even vote for you, Dave. Thank you for listening. Have a great one. Cheers. Cheers.